to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad that you're here today. Welcome to episode 20 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I am doing fabulous, Jen. Long time no see. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie, people. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was at Jen's house all last week. You were here for five nights. Yes. I counted them up. That was, was awesome. It? it was, yeah. Yeah. Five nights. So normally we get together to play. Well, I don't yeah. know. I say that, but we always work when we play. We do. That's but last true. last week was just all It work. was all work. We worked nonstop <laughs> from like, so yes. Yeah, so you kept me up way past my normal bedtime. Yes, I did. But and so, we got anyway, so much work We did done. get a lot done. And it's really exciting. We'll talk about what we were doing in a few minutes. Yay. (laughs) So I do want to say something to our listeners because I'm very about authenticity and I do try to be authentic in everything I do. And there is this, there's a misconception and I know it's an easy misconception to make. I generally, when I refer to what I do for a living, I will just tell you I work in healthcare. I am a healthcare practitioner. I do not say what I do. And I do that mainly because, number one, um, I don't want anybody to ask me for medical advice. And number two, I work in a pretty specific field and it would be easy to to find me. So for privacy reasons, I don't share what I do. Um, but when anytime anybody refers me to a nurse, I always kind of cringe a little bit inside. And I don't want to, re- I don't want to you know, correct people all the time and say, no, I'm not a nurse. And not that I have anything against nurses. We love I, nurses. We love nurses. But I Sherry nurses, is not a nurse. But I am not a nurse. Right. So I just wanted to put that out there because I do feel a little bit... Um, like some people think you're a nurse and you're not a nurse. People have messaged me and asked me what it is I do. So I don't, I don't know why that's important to people, but they want to know. So we like to connect and we want to know. We, what, yeah, what everybody is, tell me is, everything. Tell me everything. Well, <laughs> and it's usually other. It is usually people in healthcare, yeah, or people in healthcare who are right. like, "What is it she does?" Yeah, so. I get it. You know, if I knew someone was a teacher, the first thing I'd say is, "Oh, what do you teach?" You know, right. that's the same exact idea. Right. So. Yeah. It is that that desire to connect with others. So, but, but Sherry I, is a mystery healthcare worker, but not a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do. I felt a little bit like an imposter. And so I did. It came up in the episode that we recorded with Lori McDonald, and she referred to me a couple times as a nurse. And I, I always just cringe a little. So I just want to put that out there just in, you know, being completely translucent. Yep. Perfect. So, well, thank you for clearing that up. All right. Well, we start every show with our good news segment. 
And today's contribution comes from a listener named Lynette, and um, this is what she emailed us. She said, good morning, Jen and Sherry. I love your podcast. And Jen, I listen to all your other podcasts too, and I never miss an episode. I wanted to share a story of great customer service from Costco. Last Friday afternoon, after a very long week at work, I went to Costco to pick up some new glasses and also dinner and cake for my mother-in-law, who had just returned from the hospital after suffering through a blood clot and surgery. She's 93, so it was all super scary. And also for my sister-in-law's birthday that day. As I went to leave the parking lot, my car, which has a push-button start, said that I didn't have my key. I clearly did have my key, so I took out the key and I inserted it, and I still couldn't start the car. I felt terrible calling my husband to rescue me as he had just had a really hard week as well, but I had no one else to call. So I prepared to wait 45 minutes for him to get to me. Meanwhile, my daughter from Arizona called me, and she told me she'd pray for me, so I prayed too. Just then I looked up and saw the car care center and I thought maybe someone there could help me. So I went and asked the young man behind the counter to help me and he came right out to my car. He too couldn't get it to start and then he noticed that the steering wheel was stuck. He just had to jiggle it and the car started. Yay, I so appreciated this man's help but I never got his name. I was just not thinking. Next time I will ask. I have left them a five-star review but I wish I could have done more. I really appreciated his time and his effort to help me. That's a great story. That is a great story. So thank you, Lynette, for sharing. And uh, we're so glad that you're enjoying this podcast as well as Jen's other ones. Absolutely. Well, listeners, we need your stories as well. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we like to take a minute to talk about a company that makes it possible to bring you the podcast. But today, we're actually talking about our own company. (laughs) We have a new company. It's exciting. Yeah, which is kind of wacky to say, you know. We have formed a new endeavor, and we worked on it all week last week, and we have started something called the DDD Social Network, dddsocialnetwork.com. DDD stands for Delay, Don't Deny, because that's our community that we have you know, on Facebook with the um, intermittent fasting community, but it's so much more than that. So we've started our own social network platform off of Facebook, and it's so exciting. Yes, it is so amazing and just cool and mind-blowing and like just the thought that we took like nothing nothing we started with nothing and now we have this amazing website that is going to be yeah full of people connecting it's that sense of community and connection that we all are looking for Exactly. And, you know, you may wonder, you know, we want to talk just briefly about why we're we're shifting away from Facebook. You know, we've got our Life Lessons community on Facebook. I've started on Facebook. Everything I've done has been on Facebook. But over the past year, I guess it's gotten a little iffy on Facebook as far as like, like you know, Sherry was sharing an example with me of a friend of hers who has, what was it, a cooking Facebook group? A cooking Facebook group. Uh-huh. She was a member of a cooking Facebook group. And do you want to tell the story real quick, just kind of without any names? Yes. She was an admin for a group. Well, it was her group. And um, it was a cooking group. 
And something happened. I don't know if you know this or not, but like we get a lot of spammers even in we our do. group. Like they, we they try join. really hard yeah. to weed them out, but they they come in and if they answer the appropriate questions, they get in and then um it's free reign. They can say and do whatever they want in there. And something apparently happened so horrendous while she was sleeping at night and she did not have, you know, moderators who were watching her her Facebook group overnight. That when she woke up the next morning, she suddenly couldn't log into Facebook. She did not have a Facebook account. And her group was gone. Everything gone. was gone. Mm-hmm. She had 10,000 you know, members of her cooking community and no way to connect with them at all. Yeah, so gone. The community was gone. I was there, at the bank one yesterday. Day, gone the other. And I was, my banker was helping me start my new bank account for this business that I had to have. And when I was talking to her about what I'm doing and why, she, my banker is fabulous. She always helps me with things. But she said she was me- the member of a community for divorced moms. It was just a divorced mom community that she loved being a part of. And one day it was just shut down for no reason. It was just gone. So, you know, we've been hearing these types of stories more and more. And so that just terrified me for the idea of what if we lost our whole you know, we have almost half a half a million members if you put together all of my groups and Sherry's groups and everything combined. And, you know, with the the click of a switch, you know, it could all disappear. So we've we've gone off of Facebook with this platform, dddsocialnetwork.com. We actually have a group in there for life lessons community. So you can find us there. And, you know, it's a paid community because it's really expensive to start a new, a new social network. You know, I'm writing a very big check to start this off and crossing my fingers that people are going to want to join us there. You know, we're asking to pay for something that has been free, but we will own it. It will be ours. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, why is Facebook free? Because they own it. Well, how many advertisers? Oh, ads. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's so, true. So... There will no longer be ads for everything under the sun, and the dddsocialnetwork.com community will not be listening to you. That's true. So if you talk about razors, you won't you get an ad not. for razors. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I'll it believe it won't happen. even be with my phone. I'm like, it's in the other room, and I'll, I'll like say something, and there it is on my Facebook next time. Yeah, and our community members talk about it all yeah. the time. If yeah. we even within the Life Lessons community talk about something. Next thing you know, people are like scrolling their regular Facebook feed and they're getting advertisements for whatever subject we were talking about in the community. That won't be an issue. That'll go away. So if you're looking for a place to connect with other people, I mean, you don't even have to be an intermittent faster, honestly. You know, our our, our tagline is, this is your new favorite social network, no matter whether you're an intermittent faster or not. We've got things that you will like. You know, we've got um, exercise communities. We've got 104 groups that you can join Anywhere right from, now. from food to your Stage dietary. Stage of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dietary Hobbies. preferences. Yep. Exercise. Really just anything. If you like to camp, we've got a group for you there. So, you know, join us. We're not going to sell your data. I mean, I barely know how to find your data. <laughs> <laughs> That was a joke, but not really. No, but it's it's really exciting. We're populating it now. And um, the membership, you know, if you do a founding membership, it's $59.95 a year, which is $4.99 a month. So 
you're paying for a great community that is very expensive <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's very expensive for me. Sorry. I, just, I, I hate to talk about money. And, you know, I would like to make it be just here's this great community. Everybody come join us. Like Facebook has been free. But, again, Facebook is not free because they're selling your information. So, you know, here we are on our own platform. You know, we're not going to wake up and our group is shut down accidentally somehow because of something that happened overnight. And it's just a place where it's just us and we're not worried about people watching. It feels very safe. Feels very safe. Yeah, exactly. So go to ddsocialnetwork.com. And we would love for you to join us as, as a founding member. There, there are different ways you can join. You know, you could join for $9.99 a month and just pay monthly. Or you could do the yearly for, it works out to $4.99 a month. But so we're sponsored by ourselves this week. Yes. Please join us. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to see you there. We really would just because it, it just it feels like, you know, we've been working feverishly on it just because I've just ever since, you know, the, these things have happened to other groups, it's made me panic that Facebook might suddenly decide we don't like fasting. Right. We're going to close down all the fasting groups. I mean, they could just with a, it could be gone. I mean, we have close to 9,500 members in Life Lessons, and if they woke up tomorrow and decided they didn't like Jen Stevens, mm-hmm. Life Lessons community would go away. Yeah. So, All of it would. So anyway, I hope they don't wake up. and Well, they might now that I'm moving off of Facebook. <laughs> Maybe they won't like Jen Stevens. Sorry. Now, Facebook has been a great place. Sorry, Facebook. Yeah. It's It's been a great place to be, and it's helped us grow. But I'm just worried for the, the future. The future. Yeah. Yes. I'll just add, too, if you go back and you look at our – Social connection. DDDsocialnetwork.com. You can look at without joining or logging in or anything, you can see all of the groups that we have. You can see that you is can what I was trying them. to say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we have one group that's simply called Suggestion Box. So if there is a group that you would love to see populated and you know, you can if you're a member of the platform, then you can uh, drop a suggestion in and we can we can make as many groups as we have. Yes. We have unlimited groups. And the beauty of it is, you know, with Facebook, because what Sherry talked about earlier, what you said before about spammers coming in, you know, we have post approval turned on in every single group that we that we run on Facebook because people can, you know, just post anything otherwise. So we've had to turn on post approval. But on the DDD social network, you're a member. And, you know, here we are in there. There's no post approval. You just join. And we are a community, no spamming. Of Obviously, don't join and spam us or we will remove you from the platform and you will not get your money back. But <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was just, I could see Sherry's probably thinking, it. oh, wait, now Jen told all the spammers out there to join. And <laughs> spammers are not allowed. Please do not join. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so many reasons to join the dddsocialnetwork.com. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk with Brian Grin, a personal trainer, life coach, and author. Brian feels blessed to have been born into a great supportive family and has had many supportive friends throughout his life. And his mission is to pay that support forward to others by offering support, encouragement, and education to those who are seeking positive changes in their lives. Welcome, Brian. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Glad to have you, Brian. Brian and I have talked before. He's been on my podcast, Intermittent Fasting Stories, and I've been on his podcast. So we go way back. Here we are again. Yeah. Brian, do you remember what episode you were on, on Jen's Intermittent Fasting Stories? Oh, God. People can go look you up. I don't know the exact one. It was a couple years ago. It was a long time. You were an early one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was, yeah. And then recently I interviewed Jen and that'll be coming out soon. So awesome. 
And what's the name of your podcast? It is Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. All right. Yeah. So tell us about you. What's your history? You know, what got you into to your work and and uh, what what's your motivation? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the health and wellness field for like, gosh, almost 20 years now. And uh, yeah, I just I have always been. You know, it's, it's been a passion of mine, and I just started getting into it after college and then started training individuals in the studio. And then from there, realized I wanted to get a little bit more into nutrition and help and, um, and just bases around helping people eat correctly. So, yeah, I did not study this at school. I think she was like a finance major and a golfer. Uh, I'm still a golfer, and but I was always into health and have just been. You know, I wanted to do something I was passionate about. So sort of, you know, start just decided to start my own business and, and you know, train people in and out of a studio and then help people with health coaching and, um, you know, staying in shape and things like that. So it's been it's been a great journey. And the podcast is pretty new. I've really enjoyed that. And you meet great people like Jin and other other individuals that, you know, you can network with and learn things from. So I, I, I love that. And so. Yeah, you know, it's it's a part of my life every day, and I love talking about it and helping others. So before we get into questions, tell us about your book. I know you're you're an author. What what have you written? Well, I did write a kids book called The Magic Zoo, and I did this about three four years ago. That was just sort of on a whim. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews who wanted to learn. Well, who I was teaching lessons to, like life lessons, and they just remembered them all. I thought it was just, they're so impressionable. I was like, you know, I should create a book, make them the characters. So I have five nieces and nephews, and they're the characters in the book. And they go along in, in the magic zoo, and the animals, each, te- each animal teaches them a new life lesson. So that was my first book. And then I wrote one on health, and that's a journal, and that's an intermittent fasting journal. So yeah, so total different, <laughs> totally different topics, but a couple couple, one journal, one book. And where can they look for, where can our listeners look for those and, and purchase those? Yeah. So the, um, the book is on, you know, Amazon, uh, it's called the magic zoo and it's meant for, you know, I would say like, I would, I was reading it in elementary school, you know, so elementary, you know, if you're, you know, child's in elementary school, that would be uh, a good book for them and like five to 10 years old. And then it, for, as far as the journal is concerned, that, uh, my website is currently getting revamped, but it can be found on my website. Or I do have a 21-day fasting challenge, and it, with that fasting challenge, they can get the book as well, either in you know hard copy or PDF. Well, after you offered to come onto our podcast, uh, we polled our community. We have a really big Facebook community, over 9,000 members, and uh, we talk about the podcast, the lessons learned, but we also just talk about you know daily life lessons and anywhere from health to products, um, recommendations, I mean, really anything under the sun we talk about in our group. So I, I pulled the community with questions and literally within eight hours, I think we had 50 some comments. People want <laughs> to pick your brain. So, okay. <laughs> Put me on the spot. No. <laughs> so yeah, we've compiled a list of questions and then Jen and I'll just um, go over them with you and then you can give us some, give our, our community some of the answers that they're seeking. Okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sarah has two questions, and I'll just ask them together. Her first question is, how important is stretching really? And do you really need a rest day? And can a rest day just be a different type of exercise? Yeah, great question. 
stretching is important. Uh, there's a lot of ways to stretch and there's a lot of individuals who have different opinions regarding how to stretch. You got like static stretching and active stretching. Active stretching would be more like, you know, movement stretching. If you ever watch like, I don't know if you watch the NFL, but you know, like on the field, they're doing a lot of movement stretching and active stretching. I would say that's great. Uh, you know, before, before you work out static, I would say if you were going to do it, you know, that would be like after a workout. So you can go with that, with that rule of thumb. And also I like to say that you, you should really, you should do releases and then stretch. So if you know how to do any releases with a foam roller or a ball, that's typically what I would recommend is, you know, do a release and then you stretch. And then the second question, so it is important. The second question is, do you really need a rest day? And I would say first, it would probably depend on how intense your workouts are. I would say, yes, you, you should do a rest day. You know, rest day is just as important as your workout days. Um, I think recovery is something that gets overlooked. People can overtrain and they end up just falling back and, you know, moving backwards as far as results. So I do rest days, you know, when I can, when I sort of got to listen to your body. Right. But yes, rest days are important. Um, a rest day could be, you know, recovery stuff. It could be yoga. Um, it could be just going for a walk, uh, maybe a cold, maybe a cold plunge. <laughs> you know, I, I try to like, do, you know, I'll do yoga on my off days. Um, it's just a great way to balance out, you know, my other days when I'm doing more of like weight training. I think that's so important. Just like, you know, in the fasting world where we all connected initially, you know, people tend to think, oh, fasting is good. I'm going to fast all the time. <laughs> You're like crazy over fast. And that's not good. But the same is true for exercise. You know, exercise is good, but you can overdo it. And, and that's not good for your, your body long term in so many ways. So back up to the stretching question. So like, so what you said is doing like moving stretches, like as a warm up, and then static stretches more as part of a cool down. And would yoga be considered a moving stretch? If you did five minutes of yoga prior to working out with that, is that a good way to get some stretching in? Yeah, I would say I'd say, yeah, if, if you're not doing any stretching, doing it whenever you can, I would say it's a good time, right? Same thing with working out. If you're not working out, is there a perfect time to work out? No. Um, you know, you're going to hear different opinions. Is there a perfect time to stretch? But yeah, so doing like, I like, actually, I like when I get up, I'll do like a five, 10 minute flow. I think when you first get up um, is a perfect time because think about it, you've been laying <laughs> for a long time, eight hours, right? You got to get the body up, wake it up, move or go for a walk. So yes, I would say uh, you could do some yoga. Uh, and again, I would say if you could do some type of releasing before, that'd be great as well. Awesome. All right. Well, Angel has a question. She says, I've been wondering how many workouts are okay while fasted. She said, I usually have a short one to three hour window around lunchtime. I then teach group fitness classes in the evening, which has been great. But I've recently started training for a half marathon and I'll run early in the morning a couple of times a week. Is that okay if I've also taught an hour-long class the night before and have not eaten since the previous lunchtime? Okay, so what I'm getting from this is she does early morning runs a couple times a week in a fasted state, which is completely fine. I, I recommend working out in a fasted state. And then her question is regarding... I think it's just how much is too much. You know, she's running, then she has her lunch in one to three hours. Then she teaches fitness classes after that. So I guess the question is, how do you, what's too much? Is there too much? And how do you know, really, when it's too much? Yeah. Yeah, gosh. Everyone, you know, I hate to say this, but everyone is different. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's like, oh, it's like the fallback. But everyone is different. You got to sort of listen to your body. Like if she finds that she's constantly being sore all the time, she's probably overdoing it. And she needs to step back and, and maybe take a day off here or there. But, you know, like, you know, like we were talking about, fasting is a stressor. Exercise is a stressor. And when you're combining those two and you're doing them a lot, it can you can probably overdo it. So I don't know the rest of her schedule, but just sounding like this, you know, a couple of runs a week seems fine. But um, I would say that if you find yourself being constantly sore, then maybe you should just tone it down a little bit. When I was reading that and she's like, I've been wondering how many workouts are okay while fasted. I take that to mean that maybe she's questioning where like an energy source for her workouts. And so when I read that, I just thought, you know, if you get up in the morning and you go to run and you don't have the energy to run or you don't feel well, then that then maybe you did overdo it. Maybe your body needs to rest that day and you need to listen to it. And yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, if I always talk about pillars of health, sleep is number one, right? So if she's getting up early and maybe she just feels worn down, maybe she should, you know, space it out more or find some time to get a little bit extra sleep. And, you know, because sleep is number one, right? (laughs) If you're not getting that, everything else doesn't fall into place so well. Yeah, we talk about sleep a lot on this podcast. (laughs) It's so important. Yeah, to everything. So... Lindsay would like to know, other than using good form, how can injuries be prevented? How important is it to incorporate working on the auxiliary muscles? I have heard a lot of conflicting info. As with everything, right? <laughs> Lots of conflicting yeah, info. Yeah, all right. You know, obviously, I think, and this is for, for myself as well, as you get older, right, it's all about just injury prevention. I mean, I want to get stronger and be mobile and and, you know, still be able to play golf when I'm older and things like that. So, you know, getting hurt is never fun because being on the shelf for even a few days is, is not great. So injury prevention, I think the best way for that is like she talks, she's asking about auxiliary muscles. So like almost like your small muscles that maybe don't get, you know, worked on or talked about as much. But I, I do think that's important. Um, I think that like for myself, auxiliary work I do before I start my main strength training workout. And that could be things like like T-spine mobilization, external rotation, you know, with a band and, you know, postural things, I would say. Um, you can definitely like, you know, it's tough to sort of show you on a, on a, on a podcast, but you can look up, just, you know, look up postural dysfunction exercises and, you know, do those things per se before you do a lift and do your auxiliary work. I would say I like to do it just before I start a workout every time. Um, and that can help with injury prevention, right? Because rotator cuff work and things like that, as opposed to if you're just bench pressing all the time, never doing small muscle work, that can cause injury. Yeah, because the body likes to, I mean, I, I talk about balance a lot and it really applies to everything. The body is a balancing act. So if you've got really strong major muscle groups and then you have really weak, you know, your minor, smaller muscle groups, then your body's not balanced. Right. Yeah, Good I mean, point. one of the things I work on a lot on is, for, first of all, your lats and your chest internally rotate your shoulders. Okay, those are big muscle groups that you're working a lot, right? Lats, you know, doing rows, chest, press, things like that, push-ups. And your external rotators are small muscles, and they need to be worked um, as well. So, yeah, you talk about balance. That's how people get, you know, rounded shoulders, and you know, we see this all the time. So um, you definitely want to sort of balance it out and do auxiliary work along with your regular workouts. Awesome. 
Well, Jessica wants to know if 15 minutes of high and I can never say this right. Hit high intensity interval training, right? Mm-hmm. High intensity interval training. All right, hit. People yeah. say hit, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they say hit? I say. Hit. I would say hit. I would say hit. But then you ever heard somebody say something and and you're like, that's not what people say. That's how I feel every time I say hit. Anyway, <laughs> Jessica wants to know if 15 minute hit workouts are just as beneficial as a longer workout that would include 20 minutes of cardio and 20 minutes of strength training. So she's trying to do, you know, more in less time with 15 minutes of hit versus. 20 cardio, 20 strength. What do you say about that? Yeah, so I would say that it depends on your goals, right? So like strength training, I think is number one. I think building muscle, especially as you get older, is very important just for, you know, being efficient. Being efficient with, you know, whatever you're processing, food, whatever food you're eating, um, as far as, you know, carb efficiency and things like that. So I would say rule number one is I would go number one with strength training. And then the hit workouts, I would say that would be, more like plyometric things, right? Like uh, maybe jumping rope or doing like quick sprints or things like that. And I would put that in front of cardio. And when I hear cardio, I hear 20 minutes of cardio. I hear, I think of someone going on an elliptical for 20 minutes. And I will just say that like, that's probably not the most effective thing to do with 20 minutes of your time. So I would say to her is if, if you have, let's say she has 35, 40 minutes, do the hit with the strength training, you'll, you'll have all your bases covered. Awesome. So it's it's not just you know either hit or the other. It's you got to include the strength training, and then you can also pull in pull in some like you know quick reactive things like it's well, that's what hit would be is like right. jumping rope or you know rowing machine. You know just one thing to the next. You know thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off type of thing. I'm so glad you just said rowing because my brain just went to rowing. I have a concept two rower and I love it. So is that a pretty comprehensive workout? You know, it's funny you say that because my cousin just asked me about this like two days ago about uh, he's a big rower. And I would say rowing is, yeah, f- for sure. I mean, especially doing just like quick, get that heart rate up and then relax. And then, you know, sort of like a hit workout with your with your row machine would be great. You could also do a little bit longer one as well. But also, too, you got to think you're pulling for that time. Right. So you got to sort of balance it out as well. You talk about a balancing act. You're 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 using your legs and you're then you're rowing and you're pulling. So you want to sort of make sure that you do other things in conjunction with just rowing to balance it out. All right. I'll have to pick your brain about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so several women, this was a big topic, and I mm. tried to con- condense them down into like one one sort of question here. Okay. Uh, so several women uh, want to know what is the most effective toning exercises that they can do, especially when getting older, to have nice toned arms and tighten up the quote, bat wings. There we go. Yeah, bat wings. <laughs> and get <laughs> visible results quickly. Yeah. And then Carrie specifically asked, she's recovering from an injury. She had a low back injury from doing some kettleballs and ropes. And so during her recovery, she's switched to a lot of walking and walking like three miles a day or longer. So she says her legs are looking really lean, but now her arms are suffering. So she's also wanting to know, you know, what kind of exercises she should be doing on a daily, regular basis to get her arms toned back up again. So give us your best tips for toned arms. Such an important topic as a 51-year-old woman, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say that for toned arms, I mean, you want to add muscle, right? Um, Right. So how do you add muscle? You you can lift weights and 
you could do a couple things, especially as you age. And actually something that I've been implementing is variable resistance through resistant bands. So band training, I used to never do, and I really enjoyed it. It's easier on the joints and you can still build muscle. So that could be an alternative if you don't want to have a bunch of weights laying around. Yeah. And the bands you can carry around, you can take on a trip. They're so easy. Yeah. I mean, one, you know, one system I use is called X3. I actually interviewed uh, the CEO uh, on my podcast, uh, Dr. Jake Wish. And, you know, that might not be for everybody, that system, but it's pretty good. It could be men or women only, uh, only, but men or women, uh, either or. (laughs) Yes. So, so bat wings. So your triceps is 75% of your arm and your biceps is the rest to 25%. So if you're having bat wings, you have you have weak triceps. Right. So we need to do exercises like kickbacks. There's an exercise called skull crushers. Uh, this is so there are exercises and and Sherry and I were talking before. I do have um during the quarantine I put together like a resistance training videos that I did at home that uh that we can, you know, we can put on the, on the, on the notes, uh, for this website. Oh, that's I mean, a great resource. Yes. For this podcast. Yeah. And, and, and I go through like a bunch and I also go through in re- releasing and stretching too. I go, mm-hmm. I go, I go through releasing per se, but anyways, so there's, a, there's like over 30 videos of that, but yeah. So for toning, you know, a lot of women are like scared to lift, I'd say, or they, they think they're going to get like bulky. Don't worry about that. That's like a, not that's a myth. That's a myth. <laughs> it's a myth. Right. Lift, lift, lift. Walking is nice, but if you want to walk and lift, maybe you could, you know, hold. Some, it looks like she says hold some hand weights. I, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I've never really done that, but you know, lifting and walking, good combination. Awesome. So Lauren asks another question about intermittent fasting with working out. She says, "How do I balance IF with daily workouts?" Would it be more beneficial to have a longer eating window on days that I'm doing 45 to 60 minutes of cardio, or should I just stick with the same length window every day regardless? Now, I know how I would answer this. So, Brian, let's see. I bet we're going to answer it the same way. Go ahead. You answer it first. Okay. How do I balance it? (laughs) Yeah. So, I would say stick with the same every day, as I would say. So, cardio, like what I'll do a lot of times is I'll lift. And then after I lift, I'll break my fast. I like doing that. I don't necessarily, you know, and this was another, this is sort of a myth with, with sort of tra- weight training and then thinking you have to chug a protein shake. It's not true. You don't have to. There's your window to build muscle is a lot longer than whatever, an hour after you work out. So you don't have to chug a protein shake right after you work out. I would say that. So to answer her question, whatever she can do consistently, you can do IF and do daily workouts and keep that window exactly the way you want it to keep. So I would say keep it the same if, if, if that works for you and, it, and you can do that consistently. Is that what you were going to say? Well, I was going to say listen to your body. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I should say that for every answer. No. Well, well <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's going to say listen to your body. But no, your answer was also great because you know, it's a fine line between listening to your body and consistency because especially if you're new, your body can lie to you, right? <laughs> So when you're new to intermittent fasting, your body's going to say, hey, eat all day, you know. (laughs) But so, yeah, consistency when you're starting off is key. You got to balance that or you got to build that in. And then, yeah, I still tend to have a similar-ish eating window every day, whether I'm active or not. But some days my body says, hey, you need to eat a little more today. 
I will say on days that I, my off days, sometimes I'll do do a longer fast. So right. I think like you mentioned in the beginning, maybe keep it consistent. Then once you've been doing it for years, you know, if I have a day when I just do yoga and I just have a bunch of work, I'll probably fast longer than on days right. that I'm more active. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, your, ba- your body may tell you after 45 to 60 minutes of cardio one day, you may get hungry sooner than you normally do. And it's okay to open earlier if your body's like, hey, we just did all that work. We need more food, more fuel today. That's all right. Yeah. And then there's something to consider there, too, is like we know that when you do a big, heavy workout that you are pushing sugar out, basically sugar, glycogen out, right? So, you know, that could be making you hungry. And if you maybe just wait and let that That's true. settle, let your blood sugars balance back out again, that hunger may go away. Catherine wants to know... Uh, if I have never worked out and I'm not in shape at all, how would I start? So I would hire a coach. I would say that it's important in the beginning to to know the fun, the like the fundamentals, the basics, and just to get started to keep keep you accountable. And so I would say for the first few months, have a coach, whether it's a, through Zoom or in person or whatever it is, just to sort of keep you on on task. And once you get the hang of it, you know, then you can do it on your own. So I would say have a coach, and I would. Start doing just like, you know, light lifting, right? You can start with three or five pound weights and get a whole workout done with that. You probably don't even need weights per se. If you've never done a workout before, you could just use, you know, body weight and just do body weight exercises. Oh, that's great. That That's a good tip. I think starting with a coach is important then. You know, you you can really, I think you could you could start off on the wrong foot. So you need somebody who can help you get going that's safe for your body, you know, when you're, you haven't done a thing, your body isn't going to be ready, you know, to just jump right in. Yeah. And and there's this thing, I mean, this is just one thing, but the mirror, have you heard of the mirror that where like, it's like you're literally looking at a mirror, but they're giving you workouts. Yeah. It's yes. amazing. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. My, my mother-in-law has it and loves it. So yeah, that, you know, might, it, it's not cheap, but again, if you just think about how much you're using it over time, it's, it's worth it. And you're at your house with it instead of having to go somewhere. Yeah, right? They yeah. work at your home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So Beverly asks, we're back to the arms. See, we we really care about our arms. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly wants to know, is it more effective to tone your arms to use heavier weights with fewer reps or lighter weight with more reps? I would say there's there's some schools of thought here where low reps would be like one to six reps, and that's for like max strength. And then you get into moderate reps, which would be six to 12, which can help with called hypertrophy, which is a strength building. And then endurance would be 12 to 20 reps. So industry-wide, that's what you'll hear. And I would say that maybe start with endurance, 12 to 20 reps, and you can still build muscle that way. But mix it up and occasionally do reps of, let's say, six to 12. I probably wouldn't be doing low reps per se, because that would be like max strength, maybe Maybe you need someone a, a, someone to sort of spot you on doing certain things. So I would say that you can start out, especially if you're new, with 12 to 20. And then as you sort of get the hang of it, go a little bit up in weight and do less reps. So that I would say between 6 and 12. And you'll tone your arms. It'll help. <laughs> so what about this? Maybe it's a myth. Uh, years ago, I had a trainer. And he talked about that some people have, it depends on your genetic makeup. And that some people have like, a, some people need more reps, lighter weight, and some people need heavier weight, less reps, depending on how their body builds muscle. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that that's really getting 
getting in there. I mean, I would say that, yeah, I mean, everyone probably reacts a little bit differently, but I would say that unless you're like training for a certain event or an athletic endeavor, you know, like for example, if you're, I mean, if you're training to play football and you're an offensive lineman, you probably need max strength and you're going to do, you're going to lift differently than someone. Maybe that's a wide receiver and you need sort of this fast twitch and you need to get off the line and, and have a little bit more endurance per se. But so I would say that, yeah, I mean, everyone is a little bit different, like we talked about, but if you're, you know, I think, you know, for your audience, I wouldn't, that's like getting into the weeds a little bit. And I would say that, you know, stick with simplicity and start with maybe endurance 12 to 20 reps and then go from there. If you're not getting yeah, that's res- good advice. Yeah. And if you're not getting results, like I, for a long time, I would lift about 15, 20 reps for everything. And I was, I got strong, but then you sort of, you might hit a plateau and then you want to sort of, sort of change it up and maybe add a little bit of weight and then, you know, put the reps down. So actually, I love hearing that. You know, we hear about plateaus in the um, sense of weight loss, but you're talking about a plateau in the sense of muscle building, like we get to a muscle building plateau, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, if you're always doing the same weight and the same reps every single time and then it just becomes easy, you know, that then it might be time to sort of, you got to sort of shock the body a little bit. So you got to do, you know, you got to lift heavier sometimes and, and, uh, and push it and yeah, and then you'll sort of can break through some plateaus. Yeah, and the way you really are suggesting that people start with lighter weights, more reps, actually, like, I, I think of things from, like, a, a logistics standpoint. So you're going to buy lighter weights, and you're going to do more reps, right? But as you get stronger, then it's time to buy heavier weights. So it's kind of a natural progression, right? You don't have to go out and buy a whole weight set on day one. No doubt about it. And, and you know, just from my personal experience, you know, I've been lifting for a long time and I was sort of felt like I plateaued a bit. And then honestly, I started doing some variable resistance with, with bands and and it, you know, my body just reacted actually better. And I started building more muscle than I ever thought I would by doing that. So even changing the, you know, sort of the instrument that you're using can help as well. I went from conventional weightlifting to more band work and I was getting better results. Did you find that, do you feel like your uh, joint stability improved with bands over weights? Yeah, well, I was going to say joint stability and also like I, I was getting less joint pain than conventional lifting. I would have elbow pain and some knee pain. And the nice thing about with bands and the way it works with variable resistance is at your most vulnerable position, it's the easiest. And as you get stronger through the lift, it, the, the tension of the band increases. So it works with sort of the tempo and sort of the strength of your body, as opposed to just a conventional weight where you, it's the same weight the whole way throughout the lift. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, That's great. So Alicia has a great question. She says, uh, my question is, is there such a thing as the IF form of exercise? A simple plan that really works. When it comes to exercise, what are the smallest hinges that move the biggest doors? I feel like I've tried lots of exercise plans and haven't really ever seen phenomenal results. Or is there a test like they do with genetic testing where I could find out that I'm a slow metabolizer of alcohol per se? Is there a, something similar for exercise where I could find out, oh, you need 30 minutes of this type of exercise, like a prescription for fitness? So the first part um, we talk about, she asked I, an IF form. So she's saying an intermittent fasting form of exercise. Like an exercise hack. Yeah, I think what she means is, yeah, she means is they're like, 
You're like with intermittent fasting, you're just like, all right, I'm 19.5. Boom. It's simple. You're just doing that. And super So she effective. wants to know, is there some kind of like a really simple, here's the exercise for you? I'm going to predict the answer is no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it, her, her second question sort of is goes hand in hand in sense the smallest hinges that move the biggest doors to get your most bang for your buck. I mean, right. I like that in the sense that, yeah, I mean, we all, you know, we all don't have a ton of time. We want to get, be the most efficient as possible. And I would say that I came up, I would say three ways to do that. Push, pull, and legs and keep it simple. You can sort of Google push, pull, legs. That was sort of the basis of, of some a lot of the resistance exercises I did on the videos is just keep it simple with that. You got a push day, you got a pull day, and then you do legs. I love that. So, okay. Yeah. That is really simple. Yeah. Push would be chest. Anything you're pushing, right? Push shoulders, shoulder press, triceps, right? That's all pushing. Pulling is back and biceps, right? And then legs would be quads and glutes and things like that. Legs is most important. Your glutes are your biggest muscle, so don't don't neglect that. I would say if you want us something that you know you sort of get the best bang for your buck, I never miss a leg day, and yeah, so that would be my the answer to that. And as far as just like you know, that was almost sure similar to your questions about like genetic testing whether you you know certain things work for certain people. I do know there's some things out there like gene snips and things that can sort of give you an idea maybe per se, what would work best for you as far as exercising? Just like they say, you know, some people metabolize um, carbs better than others, right? Some people can eat 150 grams of carbs and they don't put on weight and other people can't even eat 50 grams of carbs. So and there are there are things out there, I, you know, but you know that you'd have to probably do a little bit of research and check that out as far as what exercise would work best for you. All right, so we have a question from Tracy. She would like to know if cardio or weight training is more instrumental in weight loss. This is such a great question, and it comes up a lot. And I would say weight training is is the winner for that. If you're going to get your best bang for your buck, there's a lot of studies now talking about you know chronic cardio and how you know your body actually will start getting rid of muscle and store fat to prepare for cardio. Wow. Yeah, so down-regulating anabolic hormones, testosterone and growth hormone, to be prepared for cardio, it's, it's almost like if you look at, you know, who, you know, a sprinter versus a marathon runner, right? Like, what would you rather look like, you know? So I would say stick with the weight training, best bang for your buck, building muscle. And since muscle tissue metabolizes, um, excuse me, mobilizes store fat, the less muscle mass you have, the less fat you, you tend to burn. Good point. Yeah. So, All righty. Weight training was the winner. Weight training, weight training it is. is the winner. Oh, yep, I need to get back into my weight training. Yes. So, real quick, just tell our listeners how they can find you, where they can find this uh, intermittent fasting resistance training protocol that you developed. Yeah. So, uh, BrianGrin.com uh, website's getting a bit of a facelift, but BrianGrin.com, and um, they, you know, I also obviously have the podcast, Get Leany Clean, and then. Um, if they want to learn more about, I know Jin has a lot of stuff out there, the 21 day fasting challenge. I have that as well as 21 dayfastingchallengecom And yeah, so I would say those are the places. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brian, for being here. And we'll have links to this in the show notes so listeners Excellent. can find you. Yes. Thank you. This was fantastic. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for having me on. Before we get to the listener-led lesson this week, I'd like to tell you about a company that helps make it possible for us to bring you the podcast. Jen and I love Sunbasket. Sunbasket believes that healthy meals should taste good first and do good always, and so do we. 
They strive to use 100% organic fresh produce in every meal with a focus on sustainability and a desire to give back to the community. You can get quick to heat fresh and ready meals that Sun Basket has already prepared and cooked and all you have to do is reheat them. Or you can get conventional meal kits that you prepare and cook at home. Many of their meal kits are already prepped, some are ready in as little as 20 minutes. So whether you are looking to clean up your food choices or you just want to explore new dishes, flavor profiles, and get out of a cooking rut, Sun Basket is for you. With most menu choices, you can also customize the protein portion to your desired preference. I love that so much, by the way. Yes. The fact that you can customize the protein. Mm-hmm. Because I am like a crazy chicken snob. Like lately, I don't know what it is. I like organic chicken. Uh-huh. That is it. Right. So, I mean, even other companies that are organic, you can't get necessarily organic meat. But right. I, I'm able in Sunbasket to just upgrade to organic chicken. Or maybe I don't want chicken with that one. Maybe I want organic beef. Yeah. And that's the thing I love is like they may feature a, a menu item and say that it's supposed to have pork strips in it. But if you want to switch it out and you want to do chicken or steak instead, then like you have that option. You can even add fish. Yeah. So or have no protein at all mm-hmm. on some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Love it. Uh, and a lot of their vegetarian meal choices, you can actually add a protein or right. pick a protein. So it may come with tofu, but it'll give you the option to do chicken instead or something. So it's highly customizable. It's like one of the most customizable meal kit uh, companies I think that's out there right now. I think it really is. You know, I used them years ago and then went away from them for Me a too. while because I, I wasn't enjoying the selections. But oh my gosh, I just went back to them recently because there were so many options. I think they were just really were working on that. And the new Fresh and Ready it's amazing. It's saving me because, you know, I'm so busy right now. I'm working my book deadline is the end of the month and we're launching this website. So I've got really a ton going on. Like last night, Chad started to get nervous. He came in the kitchen. It was like 610. And he's like, are we going to have dinner? <laughs> and I whipped out this fresh and ready and I microwaved it. But it was delicious. It is delicious. And like last week when I was at your house, my husband, his meal requirement is there needs to be meat some sort of starch, and hopefully cheese. And if it doesn't have it, he'll add it. (laughs) But the number one requirement for him to eat when I'm not here is that he has to be able to microwave it. And I'm not comfortable buying him a bunch of frozen food from the supermarket and because I just want him to have healthy Better food, yeah. Yes. So I had this delivered last week while I was gone, and he ate well all week when I wasn't here. And I feel really good about that. So you can save $40 if you sign up using a link that we'll have in show notes, or you can visit lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash sunbasket. Fabulous. All right. Next, we have a segment we like to call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. A couple of months ago, we shared a product recommendation from a listener regarding a hair tool. And a ton of people ended up ordering it or another version of it. And for weeks after the episode aired, they would come to the Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry Facebook group and report back how amazed they were with the product and how awesome their hair looked. It's so much fun sharing products that are useful and that we know really work. So today's listener-led lesson comes from Connie. She says, this is kind of random, but I love this electric foot callus remover tool for my feet. I used to have cracked dry feet, 
but using this tool regularly has gotten rid of cracks and calluses. It's been life-changing. It's also satisfying and somewhat addicting to use. The tool is called the Care Me Electric Foot Callus Remover, and we will place a link on show notes so you can check it out if you're interested. I have not used this product. Sherry, have you ever used something like this? I actually had a battery-operated kind of version of this. The one she shared actually looks like the super duper version of it. Okay. And it is kind of addicting. I don't know. Your feet get smooth and then okay. you kind of you use it and your feet get all, I mean, it's like pampering for your feet. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere to do it. You can sit at home and do it. So mine got lost I, in yeah. my last move. I used to I use it on one my of those husband's crazy feet. things that what I can't pet egg or something. Oh, a pet that's like I did a cheese like grater. That. Yes. And so I like <laughs> cheese grated my feet. Was, I don't recommend it. I started with that. Do and not then I got do that. this one. Because you could like really hurt yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. With the pet egg, I think. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. But just get your cheese grater and go for no. Please my don't, husband don't. has the roughest feet ever, and he rubs them up against me in bed. And so I was doing his feet so that his feet were smooth. So this not reminds me, I need, you with I need to heels. check it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, well, that's a good tip. <laughs> so I've not used it. Sherry's not used it, but we are going on our listener recommendation. Thank you so very much for recommending that tool. And that was Connie. All right. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Jackie Bullock. And I just had to say her last name because I always notice her posting in the groups because I see my last name and I was like, who's that? We're not related. We are not related as far as I know. So anyways, she said her quote is, nothing changes if nothing changes. This quote was actually on a liposuction billboard, but it was as if that sign was out there just for me at the time I saw it. My husband and I have been going through this endless cycle of events, but never going anywhere with it. I have applied this quote to every aspect of my life. For being just a repeat of words with a very small word in between, it is still profound to me. Nothing changes unless you first change something in your life. I mean, that really is important. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining us. Join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Also, go to dddsocialnetwork.com and join us there. And you can become a founding member for $59.95 for a year. $4.99 a month is what that works out to. And join the group for the Life Lessons podcast there. We can We can talk to you there. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we would love for you to leave a review so that we can reach others with the podcast. The reviews really help with that. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment or a listener-led lesson or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest, like we had Brian Grin this week, to be part of our weekly life lesson? So email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. And also listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.